Hello, popcorn whatevers. Welcome to Bring Your Own Popcorn. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we mosh our opinions into your devil horns. What we lack in education, we desperately try to cover with ranting, raving, and alliteration. Today, my guest is Cordovatron. We are going to speak to you about a little-known movie called Metallica Through the Never. 3D. I'm here today with Cordovatron. We are here to speak about something of which I know little, because um, I'm not a Scientologist or a metallurgist. Um, Cordovatron is going to tell me about uh, things like iron, cobalt, copper, manganese. Uh, hopefully we'll talk about some molybdenum, maybe zinc. Uh, if we get really creative, we might talk about mercury, plutonium, lead, you know, whatever, vanadium, tungsten. Um, so when did you first get into heavy metals? <laughs> How long were you researching all the different metals? <laughs> Two minutes. <laughs> uh, I first started starting getting metal when I was like 11, I think. I heard a st- where I heard the song first was in a uh, an ad, uh, a trailer for a movie for hmm. Mission Impossible 2. Oh, what and song it did they use? Brings us full circle, actually. Oh. The song was called "I Disappear." It was on the Mission Impossible Two soundtrack only, and it was by Metallica. Oh, it was a special Mission Impossible Metallica. Venture? It was just a single they put out for that movie. Nice. It's not any albums, and yeah, but cool. I heard that and I wanted that song. I was wondering, um, what do you think? What do you think Metallica fans call themselves, or what do you think they should be called? See, that's. Metallicans. I want to say Metallicans because it made me think of like Canada. Metallicites. Canada. Or like. Canadians. Metallicans. (laughs) Metallicans. I don't know. (laughs) Metalites. No. Yeah. There's not much to do with that name. Metallica nuts. Do you ever have that thing where a word just like hits you and you realize how weird it is? Like I've had that occasionally. um, Like once it was oatmeal. Where suddenly you don't even want to say the word anymore because you realize like such how it's such a weird word. It's like if you say a word over and over, it yeah. just loses meaning. Yeah, totally. Metallica. Metallica, 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 Metallica. As a metal fan, yes, it's it's kind of that. <laughs> Metallica. All right. <laughs> so the reason we're talking about this is because those guys made a movie, or I assume they made it. I don't know. Do you know whose idea was it, it was to make this movie? Some other guy. Some other guy, not them? Yeah, they don't. So Metallican. Yes, yeah, so Metallican. Uh, there's um, an interview that came out recently where Lars, the drummer, is saying that he doesn't even really understand the story of it, which I think is pretty fucking one. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> or we can call fans to go with my original thing, a metallurgist. Metallurgist. It's uh, someone who has something to do with heavy metals. Oh, yeah. The first thing I want to ask you, um, I got to the theater a little late. Uh, what did I miss in like the first two minutes? Because I came in and they were already playing music. Yeah, the first two minutes, it's... It's not really crucial for the story or the concert, but it's crucial for the tone, I guess, because it opens with uh, a guy driving into an empty parking lot at night. The skinhead? No, no, not even the skinhead. This oh. other guy, he's kind of a a frumpy, like comical version of what a metal fan is going to be. <laughs> nice. And he gets out of... Wh- what's weird about this is that it's nighttime, it's the night of the concert, presumably, and the parking lot is empty, so... No one else is going to the show, but he rolls into the mm, thing. Because it was out. all a dream. Maybe. And he screams, Metallica, oh my God. He gets on his car and starts jumping him down. And at that point, the roadie 
the star of the movie uh-huh. something d the skinhead the skin what's head. his name uh i don't remember his first name his last name is d hain d-e-h-e-i-n is that some kind of like weird Hain? play on words like maybe that means devil in uh dutch Dane. it might uh, maybe it's danish because i know lars is danish or it's danish for danish Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um so he roll he rolls past this guy jumping on his car on his skateboard and he's zipping around doing like little jumps and stuff and then he just falls off his board awesome and that's pretty much where the he then goes into the venue and he's walking down a hallway and he passes the band members he sees james he gives him like a nod wait he's in a parking garage yes. he falls off a skateboard and suddenly he's in a hallway yeah it just cuts to him inside the venue <laughs> like he fell for no reason like when I saw it, there was a mild chuckle from people, but most people were just sort of staring like, why'd they make him fall? He fell into the Metallica rabbit hole? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. It's, see, you're coming with better theories than I have for it. Because <laughs> then he's just in this hallway and he talks to, or he walks past Kirk and James. They give him a nod. He walks past this room where Robert Trujillo, the bass player, is literally surrounded by bass amps, which they may have ripped off from an met- episode of Metalocalypse. Oh, really? That's how they record. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll come back to Metalocalypse, okay. I hope. All right. And then he walks past the drummer Lars Ulrich, who is always painted as such an asshole in metal media. Mm-hmm. He gives him a, the dirtiest look as he passes him. He just like looks him up and down and kind of scowls at him at the roadie and just goes and off. He kind of winks at him too. Yeah. And then basically the music from uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly starts playing the Ecstasy of Gold, which is their... Is their, that Metallica? No. The song is um, the song they always go on stage to. Oh. Who's it by? Uh, Enicio, he's a famous movie score guy. Oh. He's kind of up there with John Williams. He did the score for Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and this okay. song is directly from the movie. It's like orchestral? Yes. Orchestral? Yes. It's like a kestrel? Mm-hmm. It's a bird of prey? Exactly. It's a raptor. Ah, yes. cool. <laughs> Does he rap also? Uh, yeah, it's really it's really kind of out of place for Metallica to come to stage to it. So it's violins and rap. Mm-hmm. And violence. It, made by dinosaurs. <laughs> This sounds awesome. I can't believe I missed that. Damn it. And you just showed up while they play Creeping Death? Yeah. I do have a confession. Um, this movie popped my metal cherry. <laughs> because, well, okay, not my metal cherry, um, but my Metallica cherry. I hate saying that. I hate that I decided to say this. Um, but I'd never heard a Metallica song all the way through before. So this was the first time. Over I, and over. Yeah. You heard, um, you basically heard a greatest hit set, too, mm. so... So what songs play? The fans uh, want to know. The Metallicans, the Metallurgists. Do I have to do them in order? Because I might be able no, to No, it doesn't do have it. to be in order. Okay, Just well, say them as fast as possible. Uh, Creeping Death, Einstein, Man, Nothing Else Matters, One, um, Cyanide, Fuel, Memory Remains, uh, uh, Hit the Lights, Orion. Do I still have to keep doing this? Yeah. For Whom the Belt Holes, Ride the Lightning. Lightning, right. Uh, and and, uh, and Justice for All, Battery. For those who can't see this... Uh, I'm struggling. Cordovatron <laughs> has a terrible face and his head is like growing bigger because it's about to explode. It hurts. He's got a little anime vein pop. I think that's all I can do. I'm missing, I think, four, four songs. Oh, okay. Wait, did you say the the like hits that I know? I but said I know the names Sandman. Of. And Puppets. Uh, Master Puppets. I forgot Master Puppets. M.O.P. Pulling them is, strings. Is that what the Metallicans say? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure. Some of the titles I couldn't understand, but I, I feel like there was kind of a theme of danger and death. One of the things that I wondered, um, especially when they brought down like that chair and all the, the uh, Tesla coils, Tesla coils. Um, I wondered if the move, the whole movie, was actually a persuasive argument in favor of capital punishment. Because, <laughs> like, if you think about it for a little bit, but not too long, <laughs> before before you get past the part where <laughs> yeah. you're <know> it's not, <laughs> yeah, 
right? You know what I'm saying? I, I got you. I got you. Um, that song, you could cut this part. That song is about someone's body being taken over by something and they wake up after committing a crime. The um, Ride the Lightning. The Tezzaquil? Yeah, that song. Oh, okay. So Tezzaquil. he's about to be electrocuted for a crime he kind of sort of didn't commit. Ah. I think. It's got a story and everything. Kids. Knowing the story of the movie of the songs made the movie that much more complex. Interesting. Or, yeah, I was thinking about fan. that, and I wasn't sure how I felt about it because I was because I did realize like, well, I can't understand what he's singing right now, but I can tell it's a story, and I can tell it's illustrated. Sometimes it's obvious he's singing about a horse, and there's a horse, but other times, like, what I don't really. About a horse. Doesn't he sing about a horse? They have a song called "The Four Horsemen," which I didn't play, which would have made sense. But I n- sensed it. Okay. How do you sing about a horse? Sure. Does he sing about heroin? Uh, Master Puppets is about doing drugs, yes. Is that when we see the horse? No, we see the horse during, I think, For Whom the Bell Tolls. You know what I got out of this movie? Fuel. Horses. Yeah, there were a lot of horses. <laughs> Let's talk about dollar signs. Um, I noticed they're on this crazy big stage that's like made of TV screens or something. Mm-hmm. Is that some stage in Canada or something? They built this stage specifically for this show. That's so. Is it like not? Do they dis- disassemble it, Avengers afterwards? They set it up twice. They set it up once in Metallica HQ, which is in San Francisco, which is just a hangar. Oh, HQ. I thought you said HD. I was like, sometimes they're more high definition <laughs> as people. <laughs> and then they set it up in this place in Canada. I actually don't remember the arena. I was right about Canada. Yes. Weird. I totally just pulled that out of nowhere. Either Are they Canadian? They're not. They're from San Francisco. Huh. Either Vancouver. Or or some other I don't remember. Canadian place the big that cities. Americans know about. So then they disassembled them. Yeah. They use wow. it for the show and then I don't know what the hell happened to it. Do you know how what the budget was on that? The entire movie or just the stage? Just the stage. I don't know just the stage. What I'm assuming most of their budget went towards the stage though. What about the entire movie then? $18 million. $18 million? $18 million. Whoa. That's for... And that stage, like you said, had TV. It was LED stage. It had... Um, I saw a short documentary about it. The entire underneath is nothing but just like wires and pumps and actuators and fire and fireworks. And it's just amazing that it's functional at all, but it's the most complicated contraption. I I would be terrified to play on that. I wonder if they had like plastic shoes, something that doesn't conduct electricity just in case. Well, the Tesla coil thing, when they were getting that together, when they first set it up in the HQ... They set it off and it killed the power on the stage. Oh, I thought you so, said killed someone. No. Damn it. But <laughs> <laughs> another one bites the dust is playing in the background. So that's by them too, right? Yep. Uh, Queen Talica. Oh. But when they did it on the Metallic stage Queen. in the show, as soon as they hit the Tesla coils, they had to convert all the power to another generator, add even more money to that because then Holy they kept playing. Holy crap! Wow. But as far as being safe on stage, in 1992 or three, Metallica's frontman James Hetfield was lit on fire by fireworks that they had on stage. Cool. So I'm surprised they still do fire. I'm surprised they d- they had that um, moment where they had the fake stagehand being on fire because you think it would traumatize James a little. They've done that before. Oh, does he cover his eye? Oh, they've done that before. That same stunt. They've done. There's two stunts in this movie they've done before on prior DVDs. What? In 1994, they put out the uh, album or doesn't years don't matter. I don't know why I keep saying them. They put out a live box set called Live Shit Binge and Purge. And live wha- Shit Binge and Purge. Binge and Purge. Wow. And one of them, they were playing the song Injustice for All it as they like did in this high. movie. <laughs> That's when I got it. <laughs> and um, oh, I got sad. <laughs> um, 
they build Lady Justice and they break it down the same way they did the, the same movie. thing. Aww. And then they busty put out, Justice. Yeah, she was way bustier in this movie though. Even more. No, no. In this in this movie, than the through previous. the never, she was bustier than previously. But previously, wow. it was just Lady Justice. More and more. But then they also did the stage hand falling down thing and cunning stunts. Another live DVD. That's a good name. Because if you flip some letters, it's funny. Oh. Cunning is that, stunts. Is that why? Stunning. Oh. Yep. Like I said, I don't not really familiar with um, metalican songs, so I I forgot that they did a song called Master of Puppets. So when I first saw the little guy hanging from the skinhead's uh, van, his rear view mirror, mm-hmm. I thought it was a voodoo doll. I was like, oh, voodoo doll, and kind of reminds me of the little shrunken head hanging from the night bus in Harry Potter. So I kind of was expecting wizards, but. Um, after having seen the entire movie and its amazing in-depth um, storyline, <laughs> I think it might be a puppet. What were your thoughts on his voodoo doll puppet doll toy action my, figure? My note on it was just the doll because it, it doesn't have marionette strings. It doesn't have a place to put its hand. It just has a noose. Mm. And the noose wound up being a theme throughout the movie with that one guy hanging a lot of people. By theme, I mean it came up twice. And that's about <laughs> as depth as the story goes in <laughs> themes. Um but I don't, I don't, I have no idea. Because at one point it comes alive. Spoilers. Whatever. <laughs> no. I know no the answer doesn't matter. <laughs> but it comes alive and it like reaches out for the character you're calling Skinhead. The that roadie. was the coolest part of the movie when the doll came alive. And just walked around those yeah, like four steps. That's but so awesome. throughout the whole movie it's like eyes are shifting because it's watching things. <gasps> really? Yeah. When oh, they first show him like when the van or the car's coming, uh-huh. it sh- cuts to the doll and he looks to the, the, to the right real quick. Oh, there's that's the best part. There's so much potential there. They should have ran with that instead of the fucking like drug metaphors and whatever capital punishment. <laughs> and the love story of him and his gas can. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get there... I, I just thought it was really weird because, yeah, the puppet rooted all is like a character. It becomes a character, you know, in your head because you keep seeing it and it's got a face and its eyes are moving. And it seems important because he like wants to carry it. He drops it at one point and risks his life to go pick it up. Mm. And then at some point it just disappears, right? Yep. It's just not there anymore. Yep. Do we even know where it went? Uh, it wound up with the weird... Did the horse eat it? The horseman guy. The horse ate it. it. What? The horse ate it? Maybe. He ate it, pooped it out, and the guy picked out his poop and put it on his neck. <laughs> Oh. Yep. You didn't you didn't see that part? I, I, it must have been when I fell asleep face first in popcorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't even bring my own. But if there's one thing this movie taught us, it definitely taught us that self-immolation, not an effective form of intimidation or a martial art, really. Yeah, it's, it's baffling that was a way to go in this movie where, oh man, I'm cornered. I have a gas can for no reason at this point. <laughs> Because he brings a gas can to put gas in the truck to bring. Oh, is that what he's doing with it? Yes, because he bring because the truck's out of gas and he has to go oh. get. And that's why See, he has I, a gas can. I never understood that. It's like he had a doll and he had a gas can. I assumed he had some kind of uh, disorder where he had these items like comfort safety blankets that he always had to have with him, a gas can and his voodoo doll. I never understood that, that there was a van out of gas. Did, they, did someone say that out loud? When they introduce the story gets going during Creeping oh. Death, the guy yells something about a van and going somewhere because ah, it stopped and he okay. gives him a gas can so i think it only after my second viewing of it did i make the connection oh no no i do remember that part but he doesn't i didn't hear him say anything yeah when i walked in the skinhead is watching them play and um the like other guy comes up and he just like see his mouth moving mm-hmm. and the guy's like man and then he hands him a gas can i was like well, okay like who uses those <laughs> 
And so he's supposed to put gas in the truck, and uh-huh. then the truck's supposed to come back, but he can't get in the truck. But instead, he brings the gas can with him after the mob starts chasing him, and then, yes, lights himself on fire. Very slowly. Yeah. And as just they watch him. begins to fight people, which, of course, is an effective way of, you know, fighting. <laughs> if I'm on fire, they can't defeat me. <laughs> no, I'm getting beat up and burning to death. And I thought I was going to go a different way, too, because when he first does it, like, he's doing it, and I'm like, is he really going to do that? And then they, they start backing up. They're like, oh, shit. And oh, man, he's really damp what? now. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Why is that scary? Why are they backing up? And then they kill him. But fortunately, he has a checkpoint because the next time you see him, he's just lying down, reclining on top of a building. On top of a building. Which is actually, I think the movie several times reminded me of a video game in that way. Like the whole cut thing. He's skateboarding like a Tony Hawk, and then all of a sudden you're in a different scene because the cut scene was over. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. My theory was just like, it's all a weird drug trip. Because he takes a pill for no reason. Oh, he does? The beginning? And it doesn't really come back to it. Yeah, I didn't see that. Speaking about like video game-like stuff, I found um, the, the stage sequence where it's like simulated battle to be really disturbing. Like speaking of, because you know, there's so many video games where they're basically trying to make fat dweebs in their basements feel like they're like supposed badass army guys like by reenacting real battles um was, was this when the cops and the right were facing no no, no the stage oh um, when it was like blowing up and stuff yeah there was like bullets and stuff firing and you like see like soldiers marching i thought that was really weird is that related to the song the song one which they do that they do that at the beginning of every time they play it. the power of one see i don't really know the significance of the word i say it in the song but it's about like someone going to war it's not a pro-war song at all mm. But they, the song opens with gunshots and stuff, and they recreate it on stage. Oh. So it's, it's curious that they like kind of hype that part of the song when it's not really, yeah, like stoked about war. Weird. Yeah, I guess it's just about like whenever you have an opportunity to make flashing lights and sounds, turn military combat into a stage trick. Ooh, one thing I liked about all their special effects, I think they could have taken everything else away and just had these, were the robot arms. Mm-hmm. They're on me of Tony Stark's robot arms, which I had to look up the names of so that I could, in case you didn't know what I meant, I could be like, you know, Dumb E, which is spelled D-U-M-E, oh, yeah. and Butterfingers. Wait, did you really know that was a, those were their names? I knew Dummy. I didn't know Butterfingers. Uh, I didn't know either one. I didn't know there were two separate ones because I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those um, the lights were really kind of cool even though just kind of like those like, are the lights yeah oh well at one point one of them broke and on then, purpose yeah part of the show but then uh, cut to it's not it's broken dummy. anymore oh it's not broken anymore yeah yeah dummy broke because <laughs> of butterfingers dropped they were, them they were cute oh another special effect i was curious about um do you remember like the coffins with people trapped inside i heard those were audience volunteers do you think they knew they were going to be put into the coffins i don't know maybe but that made me realize a, gr- a fear of mine <laughs> what that thought has never crossed my mind of being buried alive and not being able to get out of the box yeah now i'm generally afraid of that it, yeah that's definitely would be very very terrifying thing have you ever been uh spelunking no that doesn't sound fun <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it is yes i do yeah i we went on a field trip in fifth grade and we were supposed to go in these caves we were all supposed to go i didn't everyone else did but oh my god like, but when you filled the hole that joke is on them right what when you filled the cave with oh yeah 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 i thought you were going somewhere dirty with no. it and i was like what did i miss as soon as i said i'm like how nope, did i miss nope. what she said <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they didn't graduate that year 
you're a class of one. Did you notice? Um, I noticed a lot of similarities. I felt to the wall, mm-hmm. which came out in 1982, um, which I think you've seen uh, maybe once or twice, right? Yeah, it's it's a movie I I've enjoyed. I kind of enjoy, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, there was definitely some parallels between, you know, the military the Im- walking by and the imagery. Mm-hmm. The imagery, mm-hmm. definitely the imagery. Yeah. It sort of felt like the the film of a guy who plays a lot of video games and watches The Wall. Yeah, totally. The the baby of that guy who doesn't really have a cohesive um, idea of how to expand upon those or be inspired by them, but rather just kind of like picks at them, like picking the good grapes from a batch of not, I don't know why I said This metaphor that. works. You know I understand I mean. it. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I noticed the drummer, I think you said his name is Lars Ulrich. Yeah. He has very... Uh, flamboyant faces yes, he does. while he's drumming they, they're very dramatic Lars has the best drum face in the business <laughs> at one point um, I really I thought that he I was trying to read his lips because it looked like he was reciting the Lord's Prayer <laughs> as he was playing <laughs> um, I realize he'll like do the first line of the lyrics and then I'm not sure if he doesn't know him or if he can't focus because then he'll be like he'll mouth like uh, master puppets pulling the strings and it looks like he's just going ooh ah ooh ah ooh <laughs> but that's just him breathing oh okay well, i was gonna say maybe he's backing vocals i really got the sense though that it was like performance and not like he was that into it oh definitely but like, he was just like ah drummer <laughs> i i know of drummers who like don't like to put on the like showman airs and just mm-hmm. like to be proficient and technical mm-hmm they may have like a, a, a like scowl that they do when they're like struggling. He's totally playing that up because what he's playing mm-hmm. is never that complicated. Yeah. Any drummer who's at all technical will just be like, Lars was a stepping stone to get to somewhere where you're actually good. Lars is not a great drummer. Do you know um, Thomas Waldron, a uh, drummer for um, The Men Upstairs? I've heard of him, yes. Does he does he make any drum faces? I he, know I've seen him live a couple times, but I don't remember. He's the one I was referencing with the scowls. Oh, really? He, he scowls. He'll like furl his brow a little, like furl. if he's uh like getting to a specifically, particularly hard hard spots. But other than that, he doesn't really like do any. He doesn't like spin his stick or anything. He doesn't stand up and hit the toms. He doesn't do anything well, cause, crazy. Because because you know he's in the zone, like martial artists or like gymnasts. They you know they they go kind of blank because oh, totally. they're just being. They're not you know trying. Yeah, that is Thomas. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, you said furl his brows. I'm not sure if that's... Is that, is that the word I don't the words know. I'm thinking of like unfurl your sails. But furl... I guess if you're furling the sails, that means you're doing it backwards. So he's like putting his brows away. <laughs> I'm trying to put my eyebrows away. If you had a video feed just for that moment of me trying to put my eyebrows away. Several moments. One day in the future. So when we did get to... The most well-known songs, Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. Um, when did they release that, do you know? Master of Puppets was 1986. So like 30 years ago? Almost, yes. Does, I, I assume that the performance is probably very similar every time. Mm-hmm. So it's impressive that after 30 years, James Hetfield still thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, how he laughs at the end. <laughs> he always laughs like that at the end. Mm-hmm. Always does. <laughs> does uh, Devin Townsend do that? I know he has a couple tracks where he laughs or um, screams. Does he go, oh? <laughs> yes, he does. Well, actually, when I saw him the, I don't know, fourth time or whatever, and he played Awake, mm-hmm. he didn't do the sound at the beginning. Aww. He's like, Awake! And then just like, dan, 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 but like <laughs> on the live DVD, he goes, 
yeah <laughs> he does like some goofy noise every time but it's never the same one not like hetfield laughing every time the yeah that you did sounded like the the kids jumping up at the end of an 80s movie yeah <laughs> freeze frame yeah <laughs> so he does laugh there yes. every time you think uh, it's uh lip syncing his laugh you think he recorded it 30 years ago and now he just laugh syncs See, he may update it every 10 years because you can hear his voice is completely different than it was in the mid-80s. Oh. And it's just something with age that came with him. <laughs> something with age that came with him. I Mint, mint condition? <laughs> my, my words are bad. <laughs> he furled his brow and then the words happened like that. Oh, yeah. And speaking of song titles, I made you look this up because um, they have a song called Enter the Sandman. Enter Sandman. Sandman. Oh, it's is it just Enter Sandman? Enter Sandman, yes. The Metallica has a song called Enter the Sandman. <laughs> Yes, they um, do. And I was wondering as I watched the movie, which came first, the Sandman chicken or the Game Sandman egg? Anyway, um, Neil uh, the Gaiman. The song Mr. Sandman. <laughs> the song Mr. Sandman, yes, absolutely. 50s maybe. And they use it in Nightmare on Elm Street, which I don't know if that came. I don't know what came before. Anyway, the point is mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman had an amazing graphic novel series called Sandman. Which began in 1989, and I wonder if uh, the song "Sandman Entrance" by Metallica's had any relation to it, or was inspired by it. Well, what's the Sandman in the the graphic novel? Does he go into things dreams, and is it basically like kind of like Freddy Krueger goes into dreams no. and like fucks with them? No, because Enter he Sandman can? is just about a kid who's having nightmares. Oh. It's so it's really about yeah. So it's about like the song, the idea, or the I don't even know who came up with the original idea of the Sandman, but it wasn't Neil Gaiman. But yeah, cool. Because like in the in the song, it's just like going over all the different nightmares and dreams you can have. Like it says, dreams of war, dreams of something, dreams of dragons fire. Oh, that and sounds badass or dramatic. I don't know. It's it's really silly for what's now a bunch of fifty year old men's to be like <laughs> dragons fire. <laughs> Which reminds me, did you notice the Hetfield yeah? No. At the end of most of his lines, he adds on a ah. Oh, so not yeah, an ah. This is more German? Well, like, say, uh, dreams of dragons of fire. Ah. Oh, Like, cool. most lines, and he also does a very particular yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. See, I normally do notice that, because, yeah, there's, like, some people, bands that I'll sing along to, and they do little things like that, and so I'll always do it, too, but I'll, like, make it way more dramatic. It's funny that I didn't notice that. What was I looking at? Lars. Um, at one point they yes, I was. I forget when this was. Maybe at the in the um the end sequence, one of the members of the band says, This is like playing in our garage. And I thought that was a really weird thing to say because he's basically bragging that he has an airplane hanger for a garage. Because <laughs> that place is enormous. In what way is it like your garage, sir? Do you remember that? When yeah, was that? Because it, it's when everything crashes down and 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 because of the storyline of the concert, you know, mm-hmm. they still are able to play a song even though everything's destroyed. Uh, so they're like, oh, we're playing in a circle. It's just like being in a garage again. <laughs> right, guys? <laughs> With our tens of thousands of dollars worth of gear that just <laughs> happens to be here. Our extra gear. Have they ever released an acoustic album? Acoustica? Uh, Acoustalica. A couple songs here and there, but not a full album. Metalacoustica. Acoustica. Metalacoustica. Acoustic. That's hard to say. Metalacoustic. Metalacoustic. Until you're used to it. Let's see. Looking at my notes here. 
because you have to make a lot of notes because it's a very intense, uh, very involved, multiple plot lines going mm-hmm. on, different characters that change into other characters. So I was trying to explain the movie to a coworker of mine today who has not seen it and will not see it adamantly. Um, adamantitely? Why so adamants? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, so I was trying to explain the plot to him because he's like, oh yeah, there's like a plot or something. And or I said, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I said, like, like, I missed the first two minutes, so I probably missed all the important stuff, but... There's this this guy with weird hair who goes to a Metallica show and then he runs away and he has like a voodoo doll or puppet and he's looking for something but then he gets in a car crash and then there's like a weird guy that looks like a zombie but he's not and then a bunch of people like start rioting and screaming and running around and he gets knocked down and it, the guy might kill him but he doesn't and then he finds this van and apparently he was looking for this van all along because he opens the back and there's a bag in there and there's nothing else in the van except this kind of nice, uh, possibly leather satchel. Mm-hmm. And my first thought was that it might be a bag full of puppets because like he had a puppet. He was really attached to it, although by this point it's completely disappeared. And he takes the bag back, I guess, to his final destination, which presumably is the concert because I don't know. I guess he was a roadie at the time. I kind of thought he was a fan because you don't actually see him doing road work. But anyway, so he Good finally point. gets <laughs> he finally gets to the show. And apparently it's the wrong theater, poor guy, because there's no one there. It's empty. And then he forgot his bag of puppets, too, because at the end it just shows the bag on his, on the stage, right? Mm-hmm. By itself. The end. Well, what? <laughs> That's what happens. That's pretty much what happens. There's <laughs> The car crash thing is very interesting. Cause and there's some music. Yes. Because what I thought was really funny about the, the car crash mm-hmm. is what causes it is he's speeding down the road. He's really intense. And he runs a red light. And it's like a life-changing experience because he barely <laughs> runs the red light. He was maybe 10 feet out and then just stops and just like breathes heavier than I've anyone ever should. I've never broken a law before. And then I've never even been late to schools. Five minutes later, a car comes out of nowhere and just smashes into him. Mm. A guy gets out of the car, looks in the distance, turns around, his face is bloody. This is a zombie you referred to. Yes. And then he runs towards the guy he just hit and then off into the distance. And he runs so funnily. Yes, he does. He runs <laughs> humorously. Like a, he runs like a, a newborn horse. <laughs> Who's a newborn, running? A newborn zombie. Yes. <laughs> a newborn horse that came running out of the <laughs> out of the, the horse place. <laughs> the horse place. <laughs> but yeah, then there's a riot which they don't really give a source for. It's just no. there's suddenly a bunch of bikers and cops who are like rhythmically about to fight each other like it's uh, guys and dolls. I really thought I was surprised that no one had told me because at th- that point I was like, oh shit, this is a zombie apocalypse movie because it makes perfect sense because that's what everyone's doing right now. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just jumping on the zombie bad wa- bandwagon. Um, but then it wasn't, and they don't explain. Yeah. There was one moment where I thought it might be is after he gets the bag and he's in the truck and that guy's waving at him. Yeah. They show the back of his head and the back of his head is bloody. Yeah. And then suddenly a bunch of people come out and he like screams. But there's no real like indication beyond the fact that he has a head wound that he might be infected. Mm-hmm. And then it's there's the, head wound. the guy in the hockey mask who's third leader kind of sort of who also has uh, a mall that he uses as a hammer. Isn't uh doesn't Freddy Krueger wear? No, it's Jason. Jason. Jason wears a So there's mask. A, you can see we found like all the inspiration for this movie mm-hmm. and it all just filtered down into it's this It's all like, from the early 80s. This yep. backwash of the early 80s. So let's talk about like the actual music. How did you feel about like the sound quality, the performances given because I assume did they use audio from the actual performances? Yes. Um there may have been some slight adjustment to like pitch occasionally. But auto-tuned. you know, it's a everyone does that for everything, so it's it's fine. That laugh was definitely auto tuned. Oh, absolutely! It had like a very T Pain vibe. <laughs> that is um 
the best they've ever sounded in a live recording. Really? And seeing it in IMAX as I did the first time, oh, yeah. I went for the sound of IMAX. Oh, good cause point. Because IMAX is like, you know, the, one of the best sound things you can get. And I recommend if you've never seen Metallica live and you're a fan and they don't come to your area, check it out in theaters or IMAX because it's, it's pretty close to a, a live concert experience sans nosebleed seats like i had the one i saw in 2005 although by the time this podcast comes out it will no longer be in theaters no way <laughs> there's for, no way it's gonna be in that's theaters for damn sure it can come out tomorrow and i'd be surprised if it's in theaters <laughs> but yeah it sounded great i thought it looked really cool like all their stage shenanigans like mm-hmm. for a metallica fan this is like a greatest hits both musically and you know as far as their stage silliness goes because mm-hmm. it's all the stuff they've always done but all put together in one show and they kind of pull out all the stops and if they were to retire tomorrow okay see i'm kind of like i want to say grandma but i don't know if a grandma would really think this but um like i said i'm not a fan i did enjoy the music however but with the special effects and everything all i could think of was how much money it was and so i wasn't even like entertained i was just like and that was before you told me 18 million i was just like man it's is having like 50 like lit up coffins that then disappear and are never used again really worth it? <laughs> I just don't know. You see, I wouldn't be surprised if a sh- single show of theirs on a regular night costs about five million. Yeah. Wow. Between, you know, paying everyone that's working the show and all the electricity and actually paying the band, five of that budget probably just went to the show itself. I have a theory that uh, the reason that it's in 3D, because I was, I was talking about this to my coworker as well. Um, why is it really in 3D? I was actually excited that it's in 3D because I was like, this looks like a cheesy, ridiculous movie and I'm excited it's going to be in 3D because what? Like, you're just going to see the guitar coming at you. There's really nothing that extra that they did to, like, say, oh, this is 3D or anything. And even the special effects, like, they don't leap out of you. There's a couple times where I took off the 3D glasses just to, like, see, oh, what's the difference? Couldn't really see it. Minimal, yeah. Normally when you walk into a 3D movie without 3D glasses, you're like, whoa, like, what's wrong with my eyeballs? this one you didn't really notice it and so my theory is that because it took 18 million dollars to make to make any of that back they just wanted to charge that extra 350 or four for 3d because it because i think they just like threw a filter on it they're like look it's 3d well when they were actually doing the concert you could see the 3d cameras on stage so it was filmed in 3d however it didn't really add depth it just kind of added layers yeah so like it would be kirk hammett's guitar kirk hammett stage james hetfield in the background and it wasn't really any reason to it this may be controversial, but it's like when I saw The Hobbit in 3D. <laughs> that movie didn't need to be in 3D because mm-hmm. it was just layers. Jackass 3D was awesome in 3D. <laughs> that movie was brilliantly shot in 3D. I hear gravity is really good, which I can imagine because there's so much black space. That, oh, open water in space? Yeah, open water in space because, you know, the person is going to pop out anyway and add 3D to that. It's like in Pacific Rim, there's certain scenes like underwater where it just looks so awesome because you feel like you're underwater because you can see like the debris, the like particles floating around. But I didn't feel like I was on stage or mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I was at a Metallica show, but then <laughs> my view kept changing. So that took me out of it. Did your ears ring after you got out of the IMAX one? Um, like you went to a show? No, I just been to a show and my ears are already kind of injured from that. <laughs> so I went on a Thursday. Yeah, I went to a show the night before, two nights before. Uh. And yeah, that show messed up my ears really bad. But it's... um. It doesn't need to be in 3D. I don't know if the movie itself has to exist. <laughs> That's the final verdict. <laughs> I feel like if you are a Metallica fan, see it. And if you're going to see it, IMAX or nothing. Mm. Theater was fine when I saw it the second time. But for the sound of it to be fully appreciated, IMAX. Mm-hmm. Um, visually, whatever. 
Um, but I don't think any band really needs a full almost two hour concert film shot in 3D. There are other bands I think that would do it, but it should only be about an hour. You mm. two could probably do something with it. Where Anamanaguchi. Anamanaguchi. Death Punk. I saw Anamanaguchi live. They just kind of stand there. That's and what I mean. Is They have so much potential. They can still stand there, but they can have like different things happening. They could have actual puppets. Maybe Death Punk. That'd be cool. Yeah, or Death Punk. Um, I was thinking Roger Waters doing The Wall Ooh. or The Wall, the movie itself in 3D. With like... Oh, yeah, that could be kind of interesting. I heard that they're doing, they're re-releasing Wizard of Oz, the original one, not that weird one with Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. 3D, IMAX. Does that sound awesome? I don't support that. What? I don't support retro, oh. retroactively making but, movies 3D that weren't. Oh. Because then, then it's just layers. It's just like, oh, Toto, Dorothy, Yellow But have you, have you seen retroactively done yet? Uh, I've seen movies that weren't meant to be in 3D that were then 3D'd. Oh, that's true, and they're terrible. Well, I'm still excited to see it on the big screen. I think it was playing IMAX. Right now? Yeah. Oh. It was also on the poster when I saw uh, Through the Never. Oh. Well, I'm going to get on that. Um, so anyway, you think Metallica fans should see the movie? Yeah. Um, if, you, if you've never seen the band, yeah. If It's not an essential viewing unless you're a diehard fan. Mm. I saw it with Thomas as a um, kind of a nostalgia thing. Thomas the drummer of the men upstairs? Yeah, I, I know. I don't want to brag. I don't, I don't want to have to drop that in. But yeah, That's I awesome, man. You guys hang out? Well, occasionally, yeah. When, when he's got time. He's a busy guy and, you know. It's, I don't really think too much of it because, you know. Yeah, yeah. You and your rock stars. Right. And what um, do you think of it? He thought it was kind of the same thing I did. Oh, we were fucking furious about the bag, though. The, ba the they bag? They never tell you what's in the bag. <laughs> yeah. It's this whole what's thing. In the bag? They put the bag down. They leave the Gail, bag. you know what's in the bag? The cat. Well, I wish we let the cat out of the bag. They really should let the cat out of the bag. Cat puppets. <laughs> Cuppets. But, yeah, it's it winds up being kind of a letdown as far as the whole source for it all which i don't know i guess at the end was just to have metallica playing in an empty room because the last song orion over the credits it's yeah. just them and then they get zoom in the bag i oh yeah i really like that song that's my favorite metallica song i can um kind of ruined it for me so i work at a movie theater i don't know if anyone knew that we only have five theaters or five auditoriums and they're all on down one hallway um and metallica is in number five understandably um, when I first heard this, five has Put our... Put the metal in the back. I see how it is. <laughs> um, um, and Auditorium 5 has our highest capacity for guests. And so when they told me that, I was like, what are they thinking? Like, everyone knew it was going to bomb, especially in our little college town. There's not a lot of metal fans here. Um, so I was like, why did they put it in that one? Come to find out, you can hear that movie playing from the lobby when popcorn is popping. And popcorn popping is pretty loud. So that's why. But... What I was getting to is that whenever I hear that song or I am playing, I'm, a, I'm always a little happy because it sounds nice. We talked about how much the movie costs, but we didn't cost, talk about how much it's made. As of oh, yeah? today, it's $2.7 million. And when we saw it, which was the second time I saw it, there was one other person in the room. Mm. And then when I saw it the first time in IMAX, there was maybe maybe 40 Oh, oh, really? 40 in IMAX? Yes. Well, yeah, like you said, that's the only way that's really worth it. But yeah, it's it's not doing so hot. How's Lars going to pay for his mansion now? I feel bad for... The credits are pretty long. I feel bad for like all those grips yeah. and gaffers and other names that I know because I'm knowledgeable <laughs> best about. Best boys. and Best boys. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And then my brain was like, best boy? And I was like, I don't know. That's the thing. It's my favorite title in movies, best boy. <laughs> so I'm really bad at math. I just pulled out my calculator. I'm trying to figure out what 
percentage of 18 million 2.7 million is but i don't know how to do that and so i said i divided 18 by by 2.7 and i got 6.66666666 it's the devil <laughs> see i did point or i did 18 divided by 0. 0.027 i got 666.66666 so wow we're not on the right track at all dude no i think we are i think we found out the secret of this movie the devil Apparently, but he doesn't have much pull around these parts anymore because he's not pulling in the fans. Unless this was the plan. Because think of all the babies that are out of jobs because this movie didn't do well. I don't know. The babies? I was just trying to get your attention. <laughs> That's uh, a very small percentage of 18. Yes, it is. <laughs> Bummer. Any final notes? I have so many notes on this page. Oh, oh, really? Just read through them real quick. Um, The story was laughable and borderline nonsense. Um, or it's the worst symbolism I've ever seen. Mm. Um, it's, it's about capital punishment. Maybe. The entire story of it is like an episode of Metalocalypse. Ah, which that's right. every All right, question. When the riot broke out, why did that not affect the concert at all? Like It seemed like it was just a pocket in the city and there was no one else in the city from what I could tell. I didn't think it was anywhere near the stadium. But when the airplane hangar. But when the guy breaks the horse into glass shards as one does because he was the boss he was the final boss and he beat him yeah but then it made everything crash in the metallica concert so they were supposed to be connected. oh i didn't i didn't make that connection yes i thought it just oh no i had no idea i thought it just broke shoddy shoddy craftsmanship breaks yes well i thought it's because the dream was over (laughs) and he was coming down shoddy craftsmanship well realistically this isn't like the first time this sort of thing's been done as far as a storyline shoehorned into a movie shoehorned into a concert because Led Zeppelin did it with the song remains the same. Fuck this, cut this part. This is boring. No, I like it. Well, the, Led Zeppelin did it with the song remains the same, but theirs was like little mini vignettes that were in the songs. Vignettes. Because it would be like a 10 minute song and then it would cut to like the band riding through a field on horses. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And then have like a little story of that. And then like Prince did a movie called Sign Over the Times where there's a very, very vague story that happens during a concert of no hits. So it's it's probably the worst that's, thing yeah no, that's awesome <laughs> it's very confusing about why it's put out at all but <laughs> if anyone could do this sort of thing and it keep happening it'd be prince because he's got five movies mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to through the never too no no i'm kidding through the forever through the never <laughs> <laughs> thrower than never the other side of never and that's our show <laughs> nope, thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much Cordovertron, for your expertise and your metallurgist and your Metallican uh, aptitude. Thank you for having me and uh, finally utilizing my set of skills. Yeah, it's about time, right? Cha. Cha feel. Cha feel? What's that? Bring your own popcorn, yeah! I'm a popcorn frog. I'm a popcorn, yo. I'm a cute little colonel. I ain't all that tall. Been loving popcorn since after the alcohol. I'm a popcorn frog. Don't be mad at me because I'm all made of popcorn sound. Mr. Sandman, bring me a dream. Make him the cutest that I've ever seen. Give him two lips like roses and clover. Gross. Then tell him that his lonesome nights are over. Sandman. I'm so alone, (laughs) don't have nobody to call my own. (laughs) Please turn on your magic beam. That's his penis. I don't remember how that part goes.
Mr. Sun.